0: Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. This week on the show, we have David Mirror. Dave is a retired AFL player and two-time Premiership VFL player. Before Hawthorne Football Club, he had a successful playing career at the Box Hill Hawks, being part of two Premierships and acting captain for one of them. He holds the record for the most games as captain for Box Hill. And before drafted, as he was drafted to Hawthorne, he was a mature age, debuted in his first year and played a total of 11 games uh, over his two years. Before we start episode 54, the Prepare Like a Pro podcast mission is to empower aspiring athletes and staff with practical knowledge from some of the industry's most inspiring uh, individuals and to strengthen the AFL community. If you like the show, please show your support by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube.
1: Yo boom! we're on, on. we got it, you'd think we'd be uh, all over this by this stage (laughs) of the year mate, Uh, still taking us a while to get used to it all,
0: yeah all the technology, the face to fame, face to fame chats, it's amazing how you get used to it, relatively normal now isn't
1: it, yeah it is mate, yeah I haven't done the old Facebook one yet though so that's that's still quite new, so here we are.
0: Here we are. Well, we'll dive in, mate. Take us back to the beginning. At what age did you discover you had a passion for, for AFL football?
1: Yeah, uh, footy was something that uh, I just loved from an um, early age. Um, ever since I can remember, I had a, a footy in my hand. Look at old photos and all that sort of stuff. I've got a, a footy. know, um, yeah, I loved Oz loved playing in the backyard, um, loved junior footy. Um, some of my fondest memories, Jack, are Saturday afternoons. At the mcg when i was a young fella and um you know mickey my old man um he used to take myself and my brother and um you know we'd sit up in the nosebleeds and and watch our idols run around um, on the mcg and and then i'd try and emulate them you know get home and i'd be in the backyard and i'd pretend that i was james Hurd or matty lloyd and um, blake carosella and, and all these guys that i admired um and always thought to myself how cool it would be if one day uh, you know, I could run on the MCG and, and have the opportunity to play footy. Um, I never thought of it as a career, um, and I really didn't think that I could ever get there, to be honest, um, until I turned 18 and started playing some TAC Cup footy. And um, you know, I saw some people that I'd played with and against get drafted. Um, did I think that I was a chance of getting there? But uh, yeah, the, the passion was ignited early on, and, um, and I still love the game, still playing. And, um, yeah.
0: Awesome. So yeah. So as as a junior, it was very much a passion and a love, but the, taking it seriously as a career path didn't really kick in till till later on in your career. Yeah,
1: I, I guess I um, I wasn't
0: that good to be honest throughout
1: my junior career. Like I'd I'd started okay as an under twelve, um, and you know I remember being cut. Uh, this is a funny story. I got cut um, at regional trials for the Vic schoolboy squad under 12s uh, the very yep. first stage and I was against guys I hadn't even played footy to be honest and I got cut that first <laughs> week and um, I'm Brutal. not sure what happened, but somehow I got allowed back in and um, the next week ended up getting past the next stage and the next stage and the next stage to to get towards the squad Yeah, uh, but I remember we had the the squad trials at um, Scotch College and, and I got cut but before um, the final squad of, I think it was about 26 or something like that, got picked. Uh, but then after that, you know, I never made interleague. Um, you know, wasn't the best player in the team or anything like that. Um, and it wasn't until sort of 16, 17 where I started to really find some confidence in myself and my footy and started to develop from there and, and only made TAC Cup in my top age year as, a, as an 18-year-old. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a bit of a late developer, if you like, um, but never really thought that I could play AFL footy. Um, It wasn't until there were guys that I'd played against, like um, Sam Bleese, you know, who got picked up by Melbourne, um, did I think that I was a chance of potentially getting there.
0: Yeah, okay. So you hit your draft year. How did you find that first year as an 18-year-old NAB league? Because I'm sure there'd be some players that, or some guys going into their draft year and they're in the same situation where they didn't play um, early under 16s, 17s, into their 18th, but they're going in first time. Is it quite confronting not knowing some of the boys and and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit, um, but I did know a few of them because I'd already sort of played against them um, in our local competition. But, you know, I I absolutely loved my time at Eastern Rangers in my top age year. Like, there were some absolutely fantastic guys who I'm still mates with to this day, one of them actually just messaged him now and Jaden Cassie was the, the captain of that team. Um, you know, we, we had an awesome year and um, you know, we are still mates, a lot of us from that group. Uh, it was actually yeah. a really, really tight-knit group and one that, by rights, we probably should have won the flag that year but got pipped in the prelim by Calder who ended up winning the flag. Um, but yeah, look, it was, it was a step up you know, in terms of preparation, in terms of training loads, um, the professionalism of it, it was a massive step up. I'd gone from playing local footy at Scoresby, under-18s um, and St. Simons to then going and playing at Eastern Rangers. And then, you know, after one match, I was in the Vic Metro squad. So it was, it was a pretty quick shift um, hmm. and something
0: that I had to get used to. And when did you start recognising, like, that confidence started to build that, all oh, this is something that I could take seriously and uh, be a career? Yeah, it was probably after the first match. So we, we played Gold Coast
1: at Carrara, I think it was. Um, so Gold Coast, were entering the AFL competition, but the way that they were going to do it was tiered. So it was going to be TAC Cup, then it was going to be VFL and then AFL. Um, mm-hmm. And we were the very first team to play the Gold Coast. And so we played over there. Um, it was a Saturday night. Um, I played on a wing. I was a skinny wingman, mate. Um, you believe that? And yeah. uh, had, a, had a good game. Um, and from there, I guess it really gave me the confidence that I could play at TAC Cup level. Um, and then I sat down with the talent manager and said, mate, you're going to be in the Vic Metro team. And I guess it was from there where I really started to realise that I could be a chance to be drafted at the end of the year.
0: Right. So, you're, yeah, you're a winger. I didn't realise. Outside mid, you started.
1: Yeah, I started outside mid. I um, was probably only weighing maybe 78 to 80 kilos. Um, yeah, I, I really? played inside mid as a junior and then at Eastern. I guess I had a pretty good running capacity during the preseason, something that um, faded away pretty quickly as I started eating more pasta, mate. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I played on the wing, uh, which, which was good. Uh, and, and I mixed it with uh, a little bit of halfback as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you were known, or well, certainly I noticed it, and anyone that's been around Box Hill, I see Banners has joined on, he's watching. Um, so any Box Hill people, um, yeah, you definitely know for your work ethic and your leadership, was, were those two traits things that you picked up from mentors, um, players, were they sort of natural um, skill sets that you had growing up, from family, like where did you sort of pick up those sort of skill sets? Yeah, if I really want to pinpoint
1: a place where I get that from, it's, it's probably my family. Um, you know, that's, that's ingrained in me from my grandparents and, you know, they migrated to Australia um you know they my non-work day shift night shift um you know they did everything that they could just to provide for their family um mm-hmm. and my dad was the same you know he he'd work 6 days a week um so for me it was always about working hard and and I guess dad was the one to instill that in us as kids was you know if if you do put in the work that the rewards will come um and I got to see that firsthand with them so it was something that uh, was ingrained but it was also something I had to work on as well you know I'm not saying that um, I always had hard work it, you know things were difficult for me you know as I said I was just spoke about my running capacity well as a junior my running capacity was pretty good but then that dwindled away when I started playing some senior footy and I had to work really hard to um to get that back um and it, it wasn't easy so yeah, yeah it's it 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 only really came when I started to develop in my body and understand what my capabilities were, that you know I could really get the best out of myself.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that for for junior footballers watching, and I know you're involved um, in that space as a player and, and having and mentoring guys like Vincent Ducci and, and that sort of thing. You, how how important is it finding your confidence? And and how do you work on that? Like getting oh, it's massive. Up.
1: Yeah. I, having a belief that you can be at the level is, is huge. Um, and for me, it took a little bit of time. So in my first year at Box Hill, um, I played one game as a 23rd player. Um, mm. And I reckon I played maybe 30% game time and we lost by about 80 points. Um, and I spent the whole year in the development team. Now, that was good because I got to learn the systems, um, you know, understand where I was at as a player um, and work my deficiencies. But then when I got the opportunity in the senior team um, and I played a couple of games back to back, that's when I started really believing that I was good enough at the level. Um, and that was just a matter of simply playing your role for the team. If you play your role for the team then, and you got yourself a three or four out of five, then that's what I strive to do every week. And I didn't put too much pressure on myself that I needed to be the star or anything like that. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I ticked the boxes in with what was required from me.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, okay. So play your role and, um, and, th- and that first game that you played, VFL level, was that sort of like an eye opening experience where you could take that experience into Development League and, and better yourself?
1: Yeah, it was. I-, I remember being really nervous and scared about it, to be honest. Um, you know, The first kick, I still remember my first kick. I was that nervous. It was like a little 15-meter pass on the run that I would have made easily any other time, but I was um, really scared about it. Um, But then just getting those minutes and and realizing that, you know, I probably put it in my mind as, you know, this really high level of footy that uh, was going to be really difficult. But, you know, once I started to believe in myself, I sort of realized that I was capable at that level and, and comfortable as well.
0: And for the guys, like the mature-age players that are on a VFL list, um, you know how hard it is to, to stay at that level and play consistently, especially with a line team to even get picked can be a challenge, let alone performing at a high level to try and get drafted. How did you um, manage that while also you know looking after your career, family, those sort of things, like the balance of performing at a high level, VFL footy, while yeah. pursuing a dream of getting drafted? It's a really difficult one
1: um, because your standards need to be at AFL standards, um, even though you're not playing AFL footy yourself because you're competing with and against those guys every single week. So the challenge is, is how do you fit that in around your work, your family, and, you know, having some time to be with, with your mates and having a social life. Um, mm. So there's, there's certain sacrifices that you need to make um, if you want to, I guess, pursue your career and play at the highest level that you can. Um, and that comes down to owning your career and taking some responsibility for it as well. Um, so for me, it was, you know, I'd have to do weight sessions, bike sessions, um, you know, outside of the footy club, you know, extra running, recovery all the extra added stuff that you need to do to be up there with the AFL guys had to be done around work. So, you know, it was after work or if it was in the morning before work, um, you know, you'd fit it in at lunchtime, um, any gap that you had, you just had to try and make it work, but you also had to be realistic as well. You couldn't just go and do it, you know, um, on a, on a Wednesday after work, for example, if you needed to be with your partner or you needed to be with your family or, or you needed to have that social time. So you also needed to make sure that your mentals were looked after.
0: Um, mm.
1: So it's, it really is a balancing act. Um, but the ones who have got the time to put in the effort and make the time are the ones that excel at that level. Um, yeah. And then it's also just, you know, being around the footy club and being involved and, um, you know, I was, I, was at, I was fortunate enough to be at Box Hill. You know, we had a, an awesome football club, um, some really, really good people, some great coaches. So that made it really enjoyable to be around. Um, and, you know, I just invested all my time into being, you know, the best teammate that I could for that football club. And, you know, whether that resulted in me getting drafted or, or having success, um, you know, that was an external, um, you know, I was intrinsically motivated by, being around the boys and wanting to uh, produce premiership for the club.
0: And with, with your own personal development, how formal was it? Like, Did you have a focus of your game that you were working on um, during a particular phase, or was it more just week by week? How was your game on the weekend? That was your, your review, and then that goes into your training that week. Like, take us into a little bit of, the, of how you prepare and, and, and get better over, to, over your career. There's probably a different there's a few facets to it. Um,
1: I guess you have a a fitness and preparation um, goal in mind and then you also have a football one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you also have, you know, for example, that now that I'm starting to realise it more is you have, you know, a a mental health one. Um, So for me, in terms of my physical preparation, it was all around my running capacity. You know, I didn't have the strongest... Running. You know, I wasn't at the front in my 2k time trials, or um, you know, I wasn't the quickest or anything like that. But my focus was is I wanted to be running with the midfielders. You know, even though I was a defender, um, I wanted to be running with them and being as fit as I could. So I, you know, do some extra work throughout the week. So an extra cardio sessions. So that would be, uh, you know, by, um I remember doing some boxing sessions with you, mate, during the week. Um, yeah, if you remember them on a on a Wednesday. Um, so that was something that I could do off legs to improve my fitness. Yeah, um, and then I'd have a football one. So you know um, yeah, that would be position specific, and it would also be you know related to my areas of deficiency. So things that I would work on during the week that were related to the upcoming game, or um, related to you know my own personal game that I would work on throughout the week. And then you know having something to switch off from football. So um, you know catching up with mates for dinner, or um, you know listening to podcasts, watching movies, um, you know studying. You know I was working at the time and I studied a, a Bachelor of Exercise Sports Science and Sports Management and so um, trying to balance it all
0: out. Yeah, awesome. That's great. So, three different tiers. You've got your, your physical side, um, your football and then your mental side. Yeah. Um, that's great for anyone, any young footballers or, or, or any age that you're, you're playing footy, that'd be a great thing to adopt. Um, with, the, with the mental side, how, how important is it having that identity outside of football?
1: Uh, for me, it provided a huge balance, um, I, I loved it, I was at my best I reckon when I was working full time and, and playing footy, um, not saying that works yeah, right. for everyone, but I was, was able to just release from footy, like we'd, we'd play on a Saturday or Sunday and then Monday you, you wouldn't even think about it until a Tuesday review, uh, you know, because you'd get into work Monday morning and you have so many tasks to get through. Um, you just wouldn't think about it. But then football would have then become the release to work. So then I'd get to footy training on a Tuesday night and, um, you know, I could drop everything that was going on at work. Um, so mm. for me, it, it was awesome to have something else. I just think it's, it's such an important piece, uh, particularly for any footballer uh, when you're playing at elite level, to have something else to turn to. The game doesn't go out forever. You know, I, um, at the elite level, I only played, two years 11 games um so i it was important for me to have something else to focus on um so for me yeah, studying working full-time um you know was was really important but for like that it, that could be anything you know it doesn't have to be work but it could be uni mm. um you know doing something that you're passionate in you know like you know as you mentioned i'm good mates with vince and you know, Vince has got his push-pull brand that started out as a bit of fun, but now he's starting to take it a little bit more seriously. So, you know, having something like that
0: is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and, and that's something that just because it was your you study and then into career was something that sort of eventuated or was it something that a mentor of yours had had talked about at an early age? Um,
1: no, it, it, it was probably something that we um, delved into when we were in school um, and at yep. TSC Cup Footy, you know, probably just realising that, you know, there's 40-odd players on a list at TAC Cup level. Um, Not all of them are going to get drafted. If you look at the history books, you're probably going to say there's going to be four to six that get drafted every year from a club. So what does that leave the other 38 to 40 players on the list? You know, what are they going to do? And it's important to be able to set yourself up beyond footy because it only lasts, really, for 10, 15 years. at the elite level for that long, if you're fortunate enough to make a living out of it.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned Mick Mirror and your grandparents Um, along your journey. Have there been other people that have influenced your career?
1: Yeah, numerous. You mentioned David Banfield off the top. Um, He was a mentor of mine and, um, you know, Banners was a massive support of mine, you know, when I was captain of the footy club and, been able to rely on someone who was a former captain, um, you know, he's wealth of knowledge, he's a teacher as well, so he's inspired me to go down that path. You know, I'm currently doing my Masters of Teaching and working at Wesley, so you know, he's um, been a massive mentor to not only me, but a lot of the Box Hill boys. He does a lot with the traditions of the footy club, so that's really important as well, to have links to tie you back to past players. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have some really, really um, strong teachers who believed in me uh, when I was younger, some really strong coaches. Um, you know, Brennan Bolton was huge in my first year, taught me a fair bit about the game. You come out of TAC Cup thinking you know a fair bit, but once you sit down with Brendan Bolton and he goes through a game plan and standards and all that sort of stuff, it's a, it's a different world. Um, Damian Carroll, who um, was massive to give me the opportunity to play senior footy at Box Hill and, Uh, You know, Marco Bello, Chris Newman, Max Bailey. uh, You know, I could name a whole raft of coaches who were massive for my development. Uh, And then some of the players that I played with early days, Ed Kernow, who's still playing at Carlton. He was one of the leaders at Box Hill at the time. You know, watching him run around an oval is unbelievable, how fit he is and the standards that he set for himself was incredible. Um, Sam Gibson was another one. You know, he forged out a career at North Melbourne. Uh, you know, I had huge ad- admiration and respect for the way he went about it as a captain, as a player. So I learnt a lot of things off some
0: of the guys that I played with as well. And from Eastern Rangers to Box Hill, it makes a lot of sense. But were there other VFL clubs um, that you were looking at? And how important is it like you chose to go with an Align club? Do you think that's the best way to go? Yeah, no, there, there weren't any other
1: clubs. Uh, it just made sense... For me at the time, uh, living in the Eastern area, um, to go to Box Hill, I mean, there was a really strong connection between Eastern Rangers and Box Hill. We actually trained with Box Hill when we were with the Eastern Rangers. Um, you know, there was a really strong connection there. And when we stopped playing at Eastern, well, you know, a couple of us decided that we just continue our careers at Box Hill. I actually did not think about, you know, the fact that it was aligned or, you um, you know, that there was going to be a heavy Hawthorn influence. I just wanted to mm-hmm. stick with my mates and continue to play footy at senior level, and, um, and that's how it sort of eventuated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then for, for the developing footballers out there, what are some of your, your key points? Um, what do you find yourself um, telling uh, young players quite often over, over your time?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just about taking responsibility for your career and taking ownership. Um, you know, you sort of make it what you want to make it. You know, I was one who missed out on getting drafted in 2009 and then getting picked up in 2017. So, yeah. um, you know, you have, to, you have to be willing to, um, you know, forge a path for yourself and decide what you want to get out of your career. You know, do you want to just idle along, maybe play some local footy or do you want to try and get the best out of yourself and, um, you know, try and excel. And, and to do that, as I said before, you've got to be able to be willing to make sacrifices, uh, put in the extra work, um, and work on those three facets that I spoke about, you know, fitness, football, and, and your mentals is really important. So, yeah, that's what I would say is just take ownership, responsibility, and, and really set your, set your goals out, write them down, um, and reflect on them.
0: Do you think your approach where you focused on, like, playing with your mates, um, finding that connection at Box Hill and really embracing your role opposed to getting bogged down on the goal of getting drafted. Do you think that allowed you to play so many games and be at the club for so long and, and therefore get, like, getting drafted was just an end a, a result of that focus?
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, my, I always had hopes of getting drafted. So it was always something that I wanted to do and I always thought I was good enough to do that. Um, But I guess when I became captain, which was, I was 22 in 2013, 14, um, my focus was shifted purely to the footy club um, and how we can get the best out of the group. Um, And then just enjoying it and embracing the footy club environment. Like I spoke about David Banfield. Like he was massive for me in terms of educating me of the history of the footy club and Given me a path forward to, you know, create my own legacy at that club. So that's what I focused on. It wasn't about getting drafted or getting kicks or, you know, trying to impress. It was how can I be the best teammate possible and how can I live the standards and the cultures that we had set for the group. Because if I didn't do that, then it would be a ripple effect through the group. Um, So, yeah, I had a really, I had a strong passion for the club. I love the club, Um, and I guess getting drafted was the reward after many years of hard
0: work um so yeah yeah awesome mate and then how'd you find that transition from vfl footy to, to afl uh not too bad um you know i was pretty fortunate because i
1: knew a number of the players and coaches knew the system yeah the training drills that we had done at afl level we'd we'd also done at vfl level um you know Preparation was fairly similar because we had Sean Murphy on board and um, he was work- working at Hawthorne as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was fairly similar. Um, but then, obviously, when you're playing, it's, it's a different story. It's obviously the intensity of the game, the speed. Um, you know, the, it's, it's a different, different class up above. Um, but, uh, look, I had some really good experiences and, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed my time. Awesome, mate.
0: Well, we'll start to wrap it up. Take us through what you're currently doing now. You mentioned Wesley, teaching, uh, doing your Masters of Teaching. Whereabouts are you doing that? And and, uh, what are you excited about for the the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, COVID has um, opened up some opportunities um, in terms of flexible learning. So I'm currently doing that through Curtin University as the Masters of Teaching. Um, So I'll do that over the next um, couple of years and do it slowly. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a family of four so I've got another one due in October uh, wow. so it's all happening at the moment. Congratulations, uh, mate. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's really exciting. Um, so Massimo, my first is you know, a year and three months now so that's flown um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm working as uh, Campus Sports Manager at Wesley, um, at Wesley College so I'm enjoying that and, um, and playing at Collegians as well which is a bunch of fun. Like the guys down there are awesome. Um, we've got Joe Rivers, who's coaching. He's fantastic, and um, we're not going too great at the moment. We're 1-6, and six, so the wins aren't coming, but hopefully we turn things around and um, have a good strong back into the season, so really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will turn it around. Where, where are you playing these days? If it was outside mid to then key back, floating Yeah, forward, a bit of you, both.
1: Yeah. I sort of just stay down one end and um, no, I they, I started back and then I played forward, so it's a bit, bit of a mixture, back and forward at the moment. Um, yeah, as I said before, mate, the running capacity slowly dying off as I become <laughs> just ingrained back into local footy. Yeah, um, so the dad yeah, I not think dad I'll life. be going dad life. I don't think I'll be going through the midfield or on the wing at any stage in the
0: near future, Jack. <laughs> but um, no, nah, it's good. It's a bunch of fun, mate. I'm loving it down there. Um, great bunch of guys. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks so much for, for your time and sharing all your experiences and, um, you know, what worked for you along the way. It's a, a great recipe for, for young, young and mature footballers to follow, mate. Thank you so Cheers, much. mate.
1: No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, mate. You're doing some great things in this space. So keep it going. Um, you know, I loved my time when I was working with you at the Hawks, mate. As I said, doing those extra boxing sessions and weight sessions and things like that to really prep myself. So, uh, mate, it's good to see. So keep it up.
0: Appreciate it. Cheers, Miz. Good on you, mate. Until next time, mate. We'll see you in the flesh soon. See you then. Bye. Catch Thank you so much for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to make a guest appearance on a future episode, follow these three simple steps. Number one, follow our podcast. Number two, leave a review about your favorite episode on iTunes or Google. Number three, share a screenshot of your review on Instagram and tag Prepare Like a Pro. To recommend a guest for a future episode or to discuss advertising your brand on the Prepare Like a Pro platform, email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.